Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. Today, it is January 1st, and this is your daily financial news. We do this at 7.30, five days a week, even on days that it is a holiday. We're doing this one from a park near the house. I hope you had a great New Year's Eve and even a better New Year's Day. Let's get it started. First, let's highlight a video that went live yesterday with the one and only Mr. Dan Bird. Uh, Dan Bird obviously is uh, someone that looks at stock charts for us, lets us know what he think is coming uh, and kind of under the under the radar, if you will. And uh, he pointed out a negative divergence. Again, you can go watch the full video yesterday. You can check out the playlist, Dan Bird. And negative divergence is important. If you recall, he highlighted over the last two years a couple of times where he saw a negative divergence and both times thus far, he was right, both on the up and the down. So take a look at that video. Let me know what you think, leave comments below. In short, Dan thinks we are set up to have a very messy January. Uh, so it's gonna be interesting in January, which obviously will set up the entire year. Next, I wanna make a correction. Yesterday, apparently when I was highlighting other interviews, I incorrectly said Jeb Bush. Of course, thank you for the correction. It is, of course, Jeb Smith. Jeb Smith is a large channel. Uh, we talked about the silver tsunami. We talked about Southern California real estate above, below the median. It was a great conversation. Uh, you can go ahead and check that out on the channel. Let's talk about the week ahead. Obviously, today is a holiday, uh, so not much is happening. Uh, but we have a couple of important numbers with the most important number coming Friday. Uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, we will get construction spending. Wednesday, you know, we will get the JOLTS report. Remember, the JOLTS report is essentially job openings. It had a large drop last month, if memory serves, coming in about 8.7 million when it was expected to be 9.6, I believe, maybe 9.5. So does the trend continue? Does it reverse? Do we get some kind of correction or adjustment? I will be watching for that. Next up on Thursday, we will get the ADP report. We gotta take the ADP report with a grain of salt. In 2023, it was uh, more wrong than right if you were comparing it to the Friday's jobs number. Uh, but again, it will be an indication. It will move the market without question. And then the big number, jobs. What does the Bureau of Economic Labor have to say about our job market? I believe expectations for Friday, I'll have to check this and get back to you tomorrow, is about 150,000. So the job market's still expanding, but it's getting less and less. I'm not sure if this is one of those reports where we go good news is bad news, where good news being maybe 200,000, 225, something like that. I think a number like that has immediate impact on rates as people will be looking at the, the economy is strong. Equally so, I wonder what happens if it's a weak number. Now, again, I'm not calling for it. I'm just trying to think ahead. 
what if the number comes in at like 88? We break 100,000 to the downside. So we're still positive, right? But we're clearly on a downward trajectory. Does that, does a weak number mean the Fed's on, you know, does the market start to think the Fed's cutting? It'll be interesting. Also, let's not forget, we should be looking at the unemployment rate. Last month, I believe it went from 3.9 to 3.7. Does it tick back up to 3.8? And then underlying data, things that you and I should be watching is wages. Is wages still going up 0.3, What about the participation rate? That's an important one that very few people look at. So uh, I'll be looking at all those numbers. It will come out on Friday and likely will be market moving. Uh, a couple of things I wanna highlight when I think about housing for 2024. For me, I think 2023 was really an inventory discussion. Active listings, new listings, days on market, things like that. I think 2024 is gonna be something called, I'll use the word marginal. What do I mean by that? I think we're gonna be talking about marginal supply and marginal demand. So what does that mean? What I think we should be talking about, and you, you, right there, you, you should be looking at in your market, is what changes at the margin. Now, in housing, it's important to realize that margin, margin can change in two variables. It could change on the supply side. For example, does the economy get weaker? Does, I don't know, rates reset at 4%, unlocking move up buyer? Does the silver tsunami take off like so many are calling for? I will be looking at marginal supply. I believe we're coming into the year with right around 550,000, maybe 560,000 active single family homes. I believe total active listings is about 1.1 million. We should be at least double that. So I'll be looking at marginal supply. I believe, and we will find out together, that the more interesting and more moving variable will be marginal demand. Marginal demand, if rates continue to do what they do, and frankly, I mean, let's be clear, frankly, if rates just stay where they are, I believe marginal demand will be unlocked. For example, this was reported by, I think it was C no, CNBC, at, you gotta pay attention now, at 6.6, which is the prevailing 30-year mortgage, 4.5 million households will once again be able to buy a median-priced home. We talked last year in November, maybe it was late October, when rates hit 8%. You can go back and look. I said, housing's done, stopped, frozen. Uh, eight, eight is bad, right? Remember we had this conversation? Eight is bad, seven is good. Well, if eight is bad, seven is good, what is 6.6? It's really good. And again, I ask you back to that marginal demand question. If, if we truly unlock 4.5 million households who before this got a no answer and now get a yes answer, what does that mean to demand? This is why marginal demand and marginal supply are important. This is why I keep highlighting as rates fall, 
again, hopefully slowly, it will be a marginal demand story. Because I believe, and of course I can be wrong, I'm wrong all the time, I believe marginal supply doesn't come back based on rates until we are sub 5%. So if rates go from 8 to 6.6 to 6.2 to, heaven forbid, 5.9, that's a lot, a lot of marginal demand. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about, really want to call out uh, our conversation with Melody Wright. Right, Melody Wright was on the channel last week, I believe. She highlighted some interesting uh, facts in the statistics, uh, a lot about Florida, for example. I want to be clear. I don't see a housing crash. I don't see negative 5% like Melody. I don't see negative 12 in 2025 like Melody. But to be clear, very clear, I think Melody Wright can be correct about Florida. If you were to go back and look at U.S. housing markets, we have had several regional declines, regional corrections, regional crashes. If you want to go back and look at some of those yourself, you can go back to, I believe, the early 80s, Southern California. I believe it was the early 80s, but again, use Google. Essentially, what happened in my memory for my research, the U.S. government shut down several bases, which impacted Southern California real estate a lot. You can also go back and look at Texas. Texas had an oil bust. I want to say it was also the 80s, but again, go ahead and do your own research. And an oil bust in Texas took Texas down in a meaningful way. However, Texas, Southern California, and likely Florida in 2024 are not big enough to move the national market lower. Florida is an important market. Florida has seen some above trend appreciation. Florida, like Texas in 2023, could have some give back. So I want to be clear. I think Melody Wright is correct to be concerned, to be sounding alarm bells about Florida. I, based on my history and study of many regional crashes, don't see how Florida can impact the nation. But of course, we will see how 2024 unfolds. Uh, next up, I get asked a lot since it's January 1st, we might as well do it here. Michael, what should I do if I wanna get started? Well, hopefully if you've been on the channel a lot, you can almost say this with me. The first thing to do is, um, assuming you have step zero covered, which again is, you know your credit rating, you have a down payment, you're talking to bankers. If you haven't done that yet, you know, get started on those activities. But let's assume you have some down payment money. The first thing I would tell you in 2024 is like I've told you for the last five years, don't be in a rush. I've seen many people who have a little dry powder be eager to get in the game and make mistakes. The first thing you need to do, in my opinion, is set up your own buy box. What is a buy box? Again, it's very simple. It's essentially a set of criteria that you could put in Realtor, Redfin, Zillow that produces an active inventory or a list of 20 to 40 records. If it's too few, if you have a tight criteria and you get five, make it broader. 
If you put it in and you get 100, make it tighter. You want 20 to 40 active listings. Then what I want you to do is I want you to set that, set it and forget it. I want you to look at that search every day. I want you to create an Excel file that documents each and every record. I want you to document when it changes, when it goes pending, when it comes back, when there's a price adjustment, when it gets sold. Then I want you to understand the variables that go into being a landlord, taxes, insurance, maintenance, property management. And if you don't know those things, it's okay. Because what you're gonna be doing for the first 90 days is meeting more and more people. One of the things you'll do when you follow one rental at a time is I challenge you to meet two new people a week. When you're building the spreadsheet, you should clearly understand that there are new people you need to meet. Don't forget to try to find investors in your buy box because there are out there in your city. At the end of the day, what you're gonna be doing after you document this for a while is you're gonna learn what I call is average. What is an average deal in my chosen buy box? When you find out your average deal is 6%, 2%, negative seven, negative 15, then what we do is we start to understand what a good or great deal is. Very simply said, a good deal is one and a half percent better than average, and a great deal is 3% better. These are, of course, a calculation, plenty of videos on this channel. You can go to a playlist. There's a deep dive on Buy Box. You can go check that out. But at the end of the day, folks, whether it's 2024, 2034, or 2050, I believe getting started with buy and hold real estate is figuring out your market, your buy box, learning average, and then and only then writing great offers. Folks, I hope you again had an amazing 2023. Uh, it's day one of 2024. I hope you make it memorable. Uh, again, something I'm trying to do in 2024 is I'm tracking book selfies and book reviews. So if you have read one rental at a time and you have yet to write a review, could you go to Amazon today and write a review? I would greatly appreciate it. If you have 15 conversations with real estate millionaires, which is a book I wrote for my audience, uh, I would tell you to please write a review. I'm gonna create a board in my office or my home called 2024 Selfies. So if you wanna be included in that, you can take a picture with my book, your family, maybe one of the postcards if you got a deal. Uh, I'm gonna celebrate creating a cork board of 2024 selfies. So those are things you could do to help me. Uh, I would greatly appreciate it. Have a great day. We'll be back in the office tomorrow. Bye.